will gain them. But how do we use them when things look so different? Let's find out together. Good morning. I am Mitzi Baker, and we are going to continue our generosity, unconventional generosity sermon series today by focusing on service and the ministries of service um, at Good Shepherd. Um, so let's jump right into First Peter chapter four. Um, and in this, he is speaking to or writing to the Jewish Christians who've been forced out of Jerusalem. And in verse ten, he says, "Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts." to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. If you have the gift of speaking, preach God's message. If you have the gift of helping others, do it with the strength that God supplies. Everything should be done in a way that will bring honor to God because of Jesus Christ, who is glorious and powerful forever. Amen. So these verses tell us three different things. They tell us that every one of us Each and every one of us has been given a gift. We've all been given some kind of gift. And the second thing it tells us is that we're supposed to use that gift in the service of God. And the third thing it tells us is that we have all been called to use that. Not just that we should, but we're called to use that gift. And so today, as we celebrate the ministries that are here and the different service areas, uh, keep that in mind, and we'll start with military service. Good morning. Looking forward to seeing all the different ways and, and unconventional generosity and unconventional ways of, of service that we're having to do and to adjust and work a little differently during this time, but it's still pretty amazing and there's a lot of great stuff going on. With Veterans Day coming up this Wednesday, as JR talked about, on the 11th, we want to take a moment to honor our veterans who gave so much so we could have so much. Take a moment to enjoy this video saluting all the veterans, and then we will hear from one of our own.
morning. I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the Navy in World War II and then served in the Army National Guard and the Army Reserve for many years, retiring as a sergeant major. He ran a pretty tight ship in our house. My uncles were all in the military during World War II also, and all of my boy cousins served during Vietnam. When I was in high school, to qualify to go to college, you had to have at least three years of a foreign language and three years of math. The only foreign languages offered at my high school were Spanish and French. I wasn't terribly excited about either one. I really wanted to learn German, but I enrolled in Spanish. I never really got the hang of it, and by midterms, I was failing algebra miserably. So I talked to mom and dad over the Christmas break about switching to business courses and not going to college. My dad said that was fine, but if I didn't go to college, I would have to join the military. I figured that was a path I was better suited for since I really didn't like school, and I was anxious to start my adult life. I left for basic training two weeks after my high school graduation and spent the bicentennial celebration July 4, 1976 at Fort McClellan. Imagine a northern New York girl in Alabama in July and August for the first time in the South. Whew! I spent 20 years serving the military both on active duty and the Army Reserve in a variety of administrative positions. These all gave me the opportunity to serve my country and those I was serving with. Being in the military is not that much different than serving God and his church. The military gives you an aptitude test to find out what you are best suited for. You can request certain jobs, but most of the time they're going to put you where you are most needed and what they think you'll be good at. When God created you, he blessed you with influence, talent, and power to glorify him and build his kingdom. You don't have to take a test. God gave you what he wants you to have and what he needs from you. When you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual gifts. You are entrusted by God to use these things to best serve him, the church, and all people. One day I realized God didn't give me these gifts for me. He gave me these gifts for him. Our gifts are given to us by God in order to serve those around us. My thinking totally shifted. I began to truly see how God blessed me, and then I began to trust him with my giftings and value them, no matter how they compared to the gifts or talents of others. We need them all to make the church work. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. God calls you to use all your gifts, talents, and influence to serve others. Believe that God can use you for his kingdom. Take inventory of your life and prayerfully consider all of the things God has given you to steward, your gifts, talents, influence, power, and resources. You are meant to serve others with these. And you know what? That gifting you love, it's meant to serve others. That gifting you aren't sure is good enough, it's meant to serve others. We are saved to serve. It's called having a ministry, using your talents and gifts to help other people. 
Fulfillment means being who and what God meant you to be. Courage, honor, strength, integrity, commitment, valor, character, bravery, sacrifice, dedication, excellence. These words from the video are also things we need and use to serve God. One day you'll stand before God and he'll say, What did you do with what I gave you? If you don't use your gifts, your talents, your influence, your power, and your resources for what God intended, you've missed the point. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork. Some translations say God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do works which prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. So for the rest of our sermon time together, we're going to be talking about some of the different ministries here at Good Shepherd. And um, as we approach the folks that are going to be talking to us today, um, it really all began with two questions. The first one was, how have you been able to practice your faith differently during this season of COVID? And the second question is, why was it important for you to continue to do this? So there's four things I'm hoping that's going to happen today or that we're hoping is going to happen today. We're hoping that everybody's going to learn something new about the ministries here at Good Shepherd. I know I did in getting to talk to different people and do these interviews with folks. Um, and then two, I hope that we can support both the ministries and those who minister by encouraging and supporting those people in those ministries. And then the third thing, I'm hoping that we'll be able to discover either new places of service that we didn't really know about and think maybe this is where we're called to serve, or perhaps new ways of service that we thought were unavailable to us during this season of COVID. And the last thing is that we're hoping that all of us will be open to whatever direction God has for us today. Either that's the doing, it's the praying, it's supporting, whatever it is that he has for us today. Those are the things that we're hoping will be accomplished um, throughout this. And our first ministry that we're going to talk about today is the card ministry. I imagine everyone has been receiving cards. And uh, Miss Mary Peterson uh, shared with me a little bit about that. And Miss Kim Grubb is going to uh, read that story for us today. I was uh, very touched and uh, grateful for Mitzi asking me to, to read this and to learn more about what Mary's been doing uh, during this time and her path towards that. So uh, her response was, I got into the card ministry in an interesting way. Before COVID, I had a job working two days a week and I had lost my two best friends. I went to go to visit my family and returned home the last day of February. But then the pandemic hit, and I was in quarantine and couldn't go to work. I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to go crazy if I can't do something. Then in August, I heard about people sending birthday and anniversary cards at church and asked Pastor Louise if I could help do that. 
so i began helping send half of the birthday and anniversary cards with another church member who sends the other half then at the end of august pastor louise asked if i could take over coordinating the cards that were being sent to the entire congregation during the covid pandemic i thought this is something i can do from home and i've been able to meet new people well maybe not meet new people but now i know who they are i've matched up their pictures with their address and can put names and faces together so i feel more so i feel i know more about my church family there's a person who's been sending me a card almost every week i told her when i get the card that it just so happened that i needed that message that day i'm hopeful other people feel the same way when they receive their church family cards as well I think it's important to continue this card ministry because it's important to me that everyone in our church knows that they are being thought of and prayed for during this pandemic. It is a scary time, and hopefully the thoughts and prayers encourage our members. When asked what to tell people who want to help with the card ministry, she says, feel free to contact her. She said, we can always use donations of postcard stamps, regular stamps, and cards. I just wanted to say, Mary, I thank you, because when we get the cards at our house, uh, they're very much looked forward, treasured, and uh, read very often. So thank you, Mary. Thank you, Ms. Kim, for sharing that with us. And I want to reiterate, thank you, Ms. Mary, for, for doing that. I know I love getting those cards, and they bring just such a smile, especially when I wasn't feeling so great the last several weeks. They were really, it was just nice to know that people care. And again, absolutely, absolutely. Just want to reiterate a few things of how you can help um, the card ministry. You can donate cards. If you've got cards laying around the house, I've got some. I'm going to get them out and take them to her. And um, you can donate postage. You know, it can be a little bit costly to be able to send these cards out. Um, financial donations to purchase cards and for postage and things like that. If you want to do any of the the above, contact Louise Cole, her email there, Louise underscore Cole at Comcast.net, and she will help you get connected in that. Let's see. So the next one we're going to highlight are the food distribution ministries. And so if PJ and Susan and Debbie, if you guys will come up here. Um, Davis, which mics do they go to? Is that all good? Just all to me? Middle. Just all in the middle. middle. Oh, okay. Well, let me grab my mouth. I really kind of thought Susan Squire. at the beginning of all this that we wouldn't be able to do any of the food distribution ministries. And then, lo and behold, we're going to do something. So um, it kind of got me to thinking, how did this come together? Really, those, those same two questions... How did we do this? How was it different than before? And why in the world did we do this? So I asked these folks in Davis too, uh, to talk a little bit about that. And Davis and um, Susan both shared that this really was, uh, this is really something that PJ wanted to do. So I would like to ask you, PJ, why was it so important for you that we do these food ministries? So during the pandemic, especially March and April, I kept seeing so much about through Facebook, other places, about the schools, other places, and food drops, and trying to figure out how to get these kids fed. And the more I learned about it, the more the, the need just increased and was greater and greater. 
And I even tried to pull in all of the churches in the area through the Ministerial Association to say, hey, we've got this huge need uh, to do this. And I think now that we've been through gospel discipleship, what I realized was that full-blown Matthew, i got to do something. I can't sit here anymore. And even Susan and I, unrelated but still related, took all that food out to people and took birthday things out to people and all that because both of us are Matthews and so we just couldn't sit around anymore. And it just wells up inside of you where you have to do something because it feels like you're doing nothing, even though you're not. But it definitely felt like that. So, so it all started out of that and then it was more along the lines of, well, how are we possibly going to do this after... This is not how we're built to do this system or anything like that, so what are we going to do next? And so that's when I started to involve the team and said, hey, how do we pull this off? And that's where Davis's expertise and Susan's and Debbie's and others all comes into play. You guys helped to kind of carry it out. And um, what uh, what were some of the changes with planning and um, I don't know. Can you, I don't know if you're over here, can talk to some of the changes with planning and obtaining food. And then I know we did several this summer. And how did that, how did that change with each subsequent event? It's not on. We'll be in two seconds. It's green. Come to the middle. So one of the things you asked me was what did, what had to change, and a couple of things we had to be mindful of is, one, we had to make sure we kept us safe, but we had to do it safely for the guests. And one of the things that we did or I took on back in, I guess I took it on like the 1st of April, was that I felt a need to feed those of us who were on site doing worship remotely. And there was about ten of us that in and out. And and quickly it became, it, it, it kind of morphed. And I know this doesn't have to do with feed the need, but this is kind of where a lot of stuff came out of that we did. It was a time of fellowship for us because so many of us were, most of us were not going to an office. We were being remote. Some of us had family. Some of us didn't have family. But we all crave that 45 minutes to an hour after church every Sunday that we were together. It was food. It was fellowship. It was feeding our bodies. It was feeding our souls. And then we started talking about how we did these. And we had to change so much. And one person who, in my mind, was just always a rock through all this was Mark Griffith. And Mark's not with us today. But Mark was the one that said, we got to do this, we got to do this. You know, he says, I'll be right here, I'll take this on. And it, it, it just reiterates to me and, and how important this is that each one of us, and Shelly said it, and we've all said it, each one of us has, the, has God-given gifts that we have to use. Mine's the ability to organize and do almost anything. Mine's the ability to look at an issue and go, this is how we have to do it. This is what needs to be done, and this is what we have to do it. And I can't do it by myself, but I remember looking at Billy Tungat, the last one we had, and I said, Billy, can you stay with me to the end? I need somebody to help me make sure everybody everybody gets stuff inside. So that's, and, and in my heart, I am called to use everything that I have and to make anything easier and better for anybody. And I really, 
It doesn't matter, but this is a way that I was looking back that I was able to take the gifts. The week of the first one, I had no intention of being here. Hannah was with her mom in Florida. I thought, bye, grab, we're getting away. <laughs> Monday afternoon, God changed that for me. He said, uh-uh, no. I need you to be here. I need you to help take pressure off of Davis. I need you to help take pressure off of everybody. I need you to use the gifts that I've given you to make this thing work. And that's what I did. And I enjoyed it. And then when we got to the big one in August, it was like, okay, you take all those that you've got, you take your skill set, you take your, sp- your, your, your spiritual gifts, and you're going to make it happen, Captain. And that's what I did. Did I answer all the questions you wanted yes. me to answer? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. She did a fantastic job. <laughs> and then I um, was going to ask David, Debbie to talk about um, what was the rep- response of the people that were receiving. And then tacked onto that was, um, since we've been talking about uh, faith and being able to use your faith, how did it um, how did you feel serving in this way helped you to exercise your faith? Good morning. And Susan, that was wonderful. We need people like Susan that can do the organization and get it all put together because that is not me. That's not my strength. I'm just not there, and that's okay. I am more suited for this part of it, for the actual execution, the getting out there, getting the hands-on and doing it. Um, when we were doing the, the feed the schools, um, it was, of course it was set up differently, and we had it all set up, and people could come in and pack bags and put bags together and things like that. And I came in after work before a praise team one time, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pack. I don't know. I threw out a big old number to Davis, and he goes, no, 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 no. Slow down a little bit. I want you to pack. It was like 30 or 32. He goes, I want you to pack this many so other people can serve. And I was like, Good idea. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way because I just wanted to do it, but it was neat doing that. And then when we got to the serve the schools, the Boy Scouts helped us out, so it was really great getting to know them as well as, you know, serving the people in our community. And as those people came through and also as we got to feed the need and we did the big feed the need, that's where a lot of faith came in because we weren't sure how that was going to work. We weren't sure how in the world are we going to pull this off. And God is just so good that he orchestrated every bit of that and it was neat my favorite part was getting to talk to every single person in the cars that were lined up and talking to them and hearing their stories and and hearing things and every one of them I didn't have anybody grumble I didn't have anybody complain because they were waiting or because we were doing it differently they were all just super grateful and thankful and glad that we were still able to do this to help them out even in the midst of this pandemic and really that restored my faith quite a bit. I, I had it, but I was just like, mm, how are we going to do this? And it was just neat to see God step in and show out. Really neat. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The next one we're going to hear from is our food pantry, and we have um, an audio from Miss Carolyn Farton and some pictures that go with it. So this is Miss Carolyn who is speaking. Hello. For those of you who do not know us, we are Carolyn and Tom Sarton, and we're here to talk to you about how the pandemic virus has affected the pantry needs. We started the pantry in spring of 2012 to assist in feeding children. We were concerned that some of the school children in the Hendersonville area were going hungry. During this eight-year period, 
There have been several changes in the families that have needed our assistance. We still help feed lots of children, but there are also grandparents raising grandchildren and elderly folks that are in need due to health issues and lack of finances. So we have the privilege of feeding those who are hungry regardless of their status. In 2019, we gave away 16,400 meals for all categories of individuals and families. But this year, things have slowed down considerably due to the pandemic. The church has basically been closed a lot of the time, but the pantry also closed for several months due to being in close contact with people that would come for food. Farther into the summer, we began to get more phone calls, and we felt we could work out a system that would eliminate contact and still serve the pantry folks' needs, and that has been very successful so far. Since the pandemic hit everyone, we were giving away less food and due to church members donating food and money to the pantry. Our stockpile of food and money has grown. We have given away lots of food and with the money people donate to the pantry, we've been able to help folks in other ways. The sickness has caused people not to work, be laid off from jobs and etc., resulting in less money for rent, for prescriptions for those who are sick, or for keeping lights and water on. Some people are too sick to get out, and we have made some deliveries of food and left it on their porch. We are able to go to the extra mile because of the volunteers on the pantry chain. They consist of John and Judy Winberry, Ray and Carolyn Hamilton, Robert Hall, Mike Morris, and Tom and I. Due to the death of one of our team members and sickness of others, we have been short-staffed, but we are so pleased to work with these wonderful Christian members of the church. We also try to do some special things around the holidays. We do Thanksgiving and Christmas boxes and try to put a turkey or ham in the box. With donations from the church members, we are able to provide this for those less fortunate. Tom and I feel so blessed to be called by God for this service. If there's anything we can help you with, please don't hesitate to call us. Hello. For those of you who do not know us, thank you, Miss Carolyn. That was interesting. I, I didn't realize how the food pantry got started, and so that's something new I've learned today. So that was great to hear about that. We we thank you, Tom and Carolyn, and, and your whole whole. Um, crew we appreciate everything there um, on that slide there it says how you can help you can start with prayers prayers for Tom and Carolyn and in the list of people she named her helpers pray for them that they will stay healthy and safe so they can continue to do this work but also pray for the people that are receiving this food you know as she said they're, they're losing jobs they don't know what's coming day to day and and most of us here don't feel that thankfully so just prayers for that as well you can donate food and household items to the pantry and the tub is back in the connector so as you're dropping and picking things up for um, different things go ahead and bring some of that along as well Um, and this is where those food bags that Jeremy was talking about are really going to come into play this season they're going to be really important and really really needed this, this year more than ever. Um, you can donate money so they can buy the perishables and things that they need, or sometimes that money goes for housing and utilities, things like that. Also contact Tom, Tom and Carolyn if you need assistance or you want to help them in any way. Thank you for that. 
Next, we're going to introduce our 412 youth. They had an adventure. They had an adventure this summer where we had to do Mission Week just a little bit differently. And so they're going to share with you how that all came about. Davis? Well, good morning, church. We are so excited. The 412 youth are here, and we're so excited to talk about how we have done service differently in COVID and what it looks like before and during. So that's what we're going to do. So would someone like to tell me what is your reasoning for why you want to serve? Jack. Um, so, just something about serving just makes me feel good to know that I'm doing some kind of good to help other people. And um, kind of whenever I think of the um, Bible, for some reason the immediate thing that comes to mind is serving and the Great Commission. And that's why I enjoy serving. That's awesome. Thank you, Jack. Anyone else? Why do you like to serve? Hannah. It makes me feel like a happy, warm feeling in my heart. Like, it makes me really happy when I see a homeless guy in the street or anything, and we give him money or something. It just makes you happy. Very cool. Yes, Mallory. Um, similar to what Hannah said, that like whenever feed the need or something like that, whenever we were able to give food to like other people, they always seemed so happy and grateful that we were able to give them food, and it always was a really nice feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. So what kind of things did you do in service before all of this COVID stuff started happening? other mission trips or kids serve or different things like that? What kind of fun things did you do? Constance. Well, we did um, mission weeks. We would, we would stay at the church and do missions around our community and in our church. And I think it was our way Every once in a while, we you know would go on a mission trip and go somewhere, but also we could just stay at the church and help in our own community. And what kind of things did you do to help in your own community or even on these mission trips? Um, we served at the food bank. We went to um, someone's house. I don't remember whose it was. And we um, worked in their yard. That was really fun. Um, we played at a different church or we went to a different church so that we still got that kind of n- new church experience a different style of worship um, and then we also helped clean up around the church I know we I think we worked in the um, connector and we worked outside some too okay. anyone else want to share what they've done in the past Bella. Um, some of the things that we have done in the past, we've um, done like feed the needs and we served breakfast and um, we did the canteen every Christmas and um, 
like Connie said, we did the youth mission weeks, and we did, usually if the church was doing something, we would do something as well. We would, um, like, help with whatever service project the church was doing at that time. Cool. Very cool. Mallory. Um, similar to both Cala and Constance, like with all the church events, like with Feed the Need or um, like all the things that we did, um, and with what Connie said, even though Aurora, Aubrey, and I were all in the children's ministry last year, since this is our first year in the youth, we still, in, it was sort of in the beginning of all the COVID, but we had, we had our own little mission week, which was basically kind of like a retreat. Um, but we, it was really fun to do that, like, and do stuff around the church. Very cool. Very awesome. So this year, you had to make some changes. I'm sure that there were a whole bunch of plans for the mission week for this year that had to completely change. And so let's think about this past year and the mission week um, that you did and what what was different about it this year than it would have been in the past. Constant. Well, there were a couple of things that changed. Um, for one, it was a much more impactful time because we hadn't been able to be together as much this this past year, and so to get to be together was really special. It was also our youth minister, Jared, that was the last time that we were going to get to spend with him, and so it was special in that way, too. And then we eventually, um, uh, several of us had to leave um, because there was an exposure, and so we didn't get to go to much of the mission trip. But the time that we did get to have, we still did some, we did some pretty awesome stuff. Hannah. Um, well, when they had to leave, it was really hard on me because some people got to stay. It was mostly the boys. I was the only girl. But I felt very, like, close to the guys who were there with me because I got closer to them. Like, I didn't know Jack very well. And then I got to know Jack more. And then... I got to spend time with Jared before he left. It was really fun. It was just a great experience overall. But it was still very hard for when they had to leave, especially since I didn't get to spend the whole day with them since I was babysitting. Yeah. Kala. Um, yeah, there were definitely changes. One big change for me was, like, the time that we spent together we weren't really together um like when we had meals everybody had to sit at their own table with their own family which was really weird because you know you're kind of taught not to yell at the table or whatever because it's rude to be like loud but just to try to talk to someone that was like 20 feet away from you you know like past the butter really had a whole new meaning like but um and and we weren't supposed to sit next to each other or, like, be close to each other, which was hard. Um, we did have a pool noodle fight, and the pool noodles were pretty long, so I feel like we kind of social distanced there. 
we, you know, just hit each other with the ends of the pool noodles. So I feel like we had to adapt to the social distancing aspects of it. Yeah. And you had to wear masks pretty much the entire time. How is that? Hannah, I see your hand. Well, going off of what Kala said, we are a very affectionate youth group. And it's very hard for us not to be able to, like, be all over each other or hug on each other. Because we're, we're a very affectionate youth group. Like, <laughs> we miss it. I know we do. And then wearing masks is hard because you can't breathe, first of all, but you got to keep each other safe. But it's still really hard because you're not still not used to it, even though it's been, like, months. Yeah. Yeah. Zach. So, to put it simply, bad. Really? Um, yeah, it was terrible. Um, part of it was, it was just, as Hannah said, we had been, it had been several months, but most of that time was, um, one before the science said masks were effective, and two, most of that time is spent during quarantine. You know, you don't wear a, your mask in your own home. So it was just getting used to the mask and um, all of that. It was really hot at first. Mm-hmm. So it was just getting used to it was terrible. Yeah. Constant. So, um, me and Calla and Abby actually only ended up being there for one day. And the day that we were there, we were, um, helping out at, uh, in the attic of the Aldersgate building. We were helping clear stuff out of there. It was like an attic. And, um, and it was hot and, you know, it was hard work because we were going up and down steps and Jack was throwing rugs out the window like a maniac and Abby was hauling big computer monitors around, like 80s computer monitors, like a beast. Like she was like just chunking them like they were feathers. And I don't know how she did it because it was so hot and having your mask while you're doing that, it got really like stuffy and hard to breathe. So, like, we would, like, go around the building to where no one was and, like, pull down our masks and be like, (sighs) 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 so uh, it was definitely harder to wear a mask, but I think all of us, you know, we still wanted to be there, and we were willing to wear our masks if that meant that we were able to still be with each other and still be able to help help our community. That's so good, because that was another question I was going to ask is, We've talked about the obstacles, but what opportunities and just the opportunity to still be able to help even though everything was going on. Miss Debbie, I saw your hand. Yep. Just talking about it from a planning point of view, because I planned the one last year and I also planned the one this year. And it was very different trying to figure out what we can do and where we can go, the, the things that would be able to do to help communities and also planning the food like they were talking about, keeping everybody apart and all those things. That was, to me, it was pretty challenging when Yak was trying to, to figure that out and, and figure out ways to, to still make it happen but keep each other safe and um, just planning what we could do. So it was neat when the, the ARC 
Aldersgate opportunity came about, and I feel like we did a lot there. So that was really great. We were able to put kits together for project transformation. We did that in the gym. We were all spaced out doing that, and so that went really well. And you guys have seen the upstairs hallway, and that was the big undertaking that we took on that week. And it might not have gotten done if we weren't so limited in what we could do because that was a pretty big undertaking. It took us about three full days to really get that done and get it done right. And so I think if we hadn't have been so restricted, we might not have gotten all that done. So that was the positive that came about it. And even though they were distanced and weren't real happy about not being able to be together, they were still together, and I really think it was great. One last one, Hannah. Also, note to self, try not to get paint on the floor because you're going to have to take hours scraping it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's the fun of being on a mission trip together is you get to learn fun things like that to not get paint on the floor. Well, let me ask this one last question. How many of you would like to serve again and continue to serve? And we're going to have other opportunities coming up soon, like Feed the Need in December. So we're going to have some fun. Well, thank you, youth. I really appreciate it. Oh, Jack, did you have something to say? No. Okay. Well, thank you, youth. I really appreciate it. I love seeing your servant's heart when I see it, and I got to see it at the Aldersgate office. And I'm excited to get to partner with you as we get to serve again. Thank you to our youth, and really thank you to all the folks who took time to tell me about these different ministries. And as we close this Serve Sunday, I want to end with Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I wanted to end with this because as we've been talking to people throughout the entire sermon series, even some that we'll hear from next week, um, several were really worried about being seen as bragging or seeking glory for themselves in these stories. And so some of them were really hesitant to really share anything. But I'm hopeful that as you listen to their stories and really listen to their heart, that you will hear their dedication and the humility of these servants. And um, so our prayer is that you know, if we felt like at this time we can do nothing, and, and kind of like what you were mentioning earlier, that I have to do something, there are some things that you can do. And maybe today you've been able, some ministry has called to you that you can be able to serve. So again, our prayer is that we would be able to both recognize and use those gifts and talents that we've been given. Oh yeah, the slide shows next. <laughs>
shows everything, not just what we've highlighted today, but so many other things that we've been able to do during this unusual, weird time. And so as you guys can see, service is still happening and you can still be a part of it. Keep your eyes and ears open for things that are happening, things that are coming up that you can be a part of. Pastor Jeremy? Got one more praise clap for all the things we saw today. Sorry. I did forget to mention that you will be getting a text link, um, access to a card, and ways you can serve and be involved, so be on the lookout for that as well. Thank you. Thanks, David. So receive this invitation as we go into this last song. Loving Lord, as I undertake the daily roles and responsibilities of my life, I pray that I will undertake it willingly enthusiastically and to the best of my ability. I pray that in all I say and do, I may do it unto you, Lord, and for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody both here and at home said, Amen.
So hear these words of encouragement as we leave here today. Now go, all of you who are loved by God. Hear His call to serve others as He has served you. Hear His invitation to be part of His plan to rescue the world and to join in community with all who walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Help us to receive Christ's life, walk in His strength, and follow His ways every moment of our lives. And may God's care embrace us. Jesus' words embolden us. And the Holy Spirit's presence renew us today and always. We go forth in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace and live like the church. Glad to have you, Katie. Victor, nice to meet you.